everyone, and welcome to this episode of So Important. As you know, this podcast is built on a pretty straightforward concept, which is that everyone has a story to tell. So we talk with people about things that are interesting and important to them. And I believe that the folks I have on my show today personify what this show is all about. Since 2007, Dennis and PJ Aubrey have spent a very good deal of time photographing the great Romanesque and Gothic churches of Europe. They photograph and write about their experiences on their website and, more extensively, on their blog. Links to both are provided in the show notes. The photography is meticulous, quite beautiful, and often spiritually transcendent. On top of that, the Aubrey's description of their work is thoughtfully crafted, evocative, and brilliant in meeting its mission, which is to highlight and give context to the images that are so integral to the Aubrey's work. The Aubreys have photographed over 900 of these churches, and they are not slowing down. So I am so pleased to have the opportunity to chat with the Aubreys about their work. And Dennis and PJ, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Thank you. I wonder if you guys can tell us a little bit about the work that you do, how it got started, and what you're doing now. Well, as you said, what we do is photograph Romanesque and Gothic churches. We use uh, high-resolution cameras, and we have pretty amazing access in France and lesser access in Spain. But we photograph these churches and then we publish the the results on blogs and in articles and we have exhibitions and things like that. We've been doing it since 2007, and uh, it's uh, really it's really the, the major thing in our life right now. And you mentioned access. Uh, what does the access involve? You have to get into the churches to photograph. And normally, that's not a problem, but because we use tripods and really long exposures, 30-second and longer exposures, we have to use natural light. Can't, you can't imagine trying to light a cathedral. So in France... We have real simple access because since the French Revolution, the churches aren't owned by the church anymore. They're owned by the government, which means the local towns really own most of them. And they love people to come in there and they love us to photograph them. So they make every effort to uh, make our work easier for us. I'm wondering if you can tell a little bit about what got you started in doing this and how it blossomed into what it is today. Well, I was raised in France uh, for seven years. My father was an American soldier, and we were stationed in France uh, twice for a total of seven years. My wonder years, 12 to 16, were spent living in France, and it was then that I fell in love with those churches and with France, French culture, French food. So PJ and I got together in 2005, December 2005, and when we got serious, we decided, well, I decided, she had to pass... She had to pass the France test because France was such a big part of my life. And so we went to France in 2006 and spent three weeks there and had a marvelous time. She passed with flying colors. Which so, I'm sure you weren't surprised. Oh, uh, well, you just never know for sure. Right. I mean, what's not to like about France? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so it ended up that um, the next year when we planned our trip in 2007, we Um, decided that we were going to photograph both Romanesque churches and what are known as Throne of Wisdom Madonnas. These are these wonderful statues, um, 13th century, 12th century statues of Mary and and the infant Jesus. Um, So we made the plans to go back. We went for seven weeks and we started the project at that point in time. Why was it that that is what you thought would be great to photograph? Well, I can answer some of that. I mean, um, the churches themselves are magnificent artistically, Um, whether it's a simple church, uh, country church, or whether it's 
one of the grand cathedrals that a lot of people are familiar with. Artistically, they're beautiful. The the light, the natural light, the shapes of the columns, the arches, the stonework, it it just really is magnificent and it makes for wonderful uh, photography. On top of the the beauty of the spaces, and in addition, some of them are painted. I mean, they really sought out the best and brightest artisans to create the structures, and it shows, no matter how humble they are or complex. The other thing is, the churches are repositories for um, the history of towns and cities. Uh, They're full of, I call them treasures, uh, statuary, crucifixes, things that over the thousands of years, thousand years have been put in the church by the people of the community. Um, It's the place where all of the, the weddings, the funerals, the tragedies, the wars, these structures have stood the test of time and they show that and that's that's an amazing thing. That's one of the things I like to try to capture. We both like to capture how do you get that on film? How do you find a way to let people see and understand that as an, as the core, the soul of these churches? So they're wonderful, um, breathtaking, no matter how humble they are, in my opinion. Also, um, as you know, I'm a history buff and being raised in Europe and being surrounded by all of that history. That's one of the things that I appreciate the most. These are stone structures that hold all of that ecclesiastical history, national history, cultural history as well. The other thing they have is this incredible spirituality. You have to think that a thousand years of prayers and hallelujahs and supplications have somehow worn their way into the stone because at times you actually feel the trace of that medieval spirituality. And that, although it's an almost impossible task, is one of the things that we really, really try and photograph when we're over there. And they were built by faith, which is astounding that this intense faith, this intense belief in something is what built these structures. And they were built with great purpose, with great faith, like Dennis said. Um, And that's, uh, yes, that's definitely something we would like to be able to capture. It's an elusive, um, it's more of a feeling, it's it's a a difficult thing to capture in the in the photographs, but we certainly try. Well, you know, it seems like this is almost as much of a spiritual journey for you guys as anything else. There's no question about that. Yeah, I mean, it's we're both raised Catholic, so we have a certain understanding of, of the church on, on that level. But we've experienced, or witnessed, I should say, great examples of faith that have been very moving and, and profound for us. And we continue to experience that. France is, is a Catholic country. And um, one of the reasons the churches are still open is because they're very much in use in most of the towns, even the small towns. And so we continue to witness all kinds of expression of faith by other people, which of course <laughs> brings up all kinds of questions in your own life about your own spirituality. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a profound to be a part of it. We've also met people and befriended and have been mentored by some amazing people, most notably Dom Angelico Surchamp, who was a Benedictine monk. He was responsible for the Edition Zodiac, which was a series of 200 books on Romanesque architecture that he published at the uh, Abbey of La Pierre Quivir in Burgundy. And uh, we got the chance to meet him, spend time with him, and he became our mentor. He became our our guide, our both our architectural and spiritual guide in all of this. We were lucky enough to spend enough time with him. He passed away last year, so this year when we go back, we'll go visit his grave and pay our respects. But um, 
people like this have had a profound effect on us. It seems when you read the blog entries that you're constantly engaging with people like that and others who not only serve a mentoring role, but also provide so much uh, background and so much extra information to what you're doing. Many times that this happens. We were in a church, a fortified church in the Dordogne, and we had been there for in that area for about five or six days photographing churches, and a lot of people had seen us photographing. We were photographing, it was about five o'clock, the light was really wonderful, the late afternoon light, and we were as we were photographing, we saw a little small man walking towards us very quickly. Now, normally that's not good news, that usually is... <laughs> somebody doesn't want us to be... Yeah, somebody is coming to investigate uh-huh. why we are there. We call them petit fonctionnaires. But um, this guy came to us and said, asked who we were, and I told him, and he went, ah, we've been waiting for you. So he had been keeping an eye out on the church for us, and he spent the rest of the mm-hmm. afternoon showing us things in the church that we never would have discovered for ourselves, either through our personal investigation or even through research. So it was magnificent. I mean, there are, the churches are, are very beloved by people, whether you're Catholic or whether or not you're even uh, Christian or whatever your religious uh, choice is. And um, I think it's important to to photograph the churches uh, there, you know, to document them and to let people experience a lot of these churches uh, are in very remote areas. We go many places where nobody speaks English and the normal tourist is never going to go to some of these places. So to document the churches and to share them with people is is a is a real privilege and um, and great fun. That that's an interesting thing uh, I hadn't thought about. So you go to very remote parts of these countries to to do what you're doing. Well, in the Middle Ages, every community had to have a church. There are five thousand Romanesque churches still standing in France today. Now that's after a thousand years of war, revolution, natural disaster, and every other kind of disaster you can imagine. But there are still five thousand standing. We've only shot over nine hundred. Uh-huh. But the fact of the, the fact of the matter is that you know we're only we're not we're not even twenty percent of the way through. We'll never be all the way through. You both bring some unique things to this project. I'm wondering if you can talk about that a little bit. I don't have much of a background in photography other than the fact that I was a, uh, um, you know, a recreational photographer. My art background, if you would, comes from, was, uh, went, attended Columbus College of Art and Design for a year when I got out of college. But I've always been an artist. I'm a printmaker. And so I, I've had some uh, hobby art interests. Um, my background, like Dennis's, is in theater. The backgrounds really show the difference between us as photographers. PJ describes it as hunter gatherer. Yeah, I, I'm the I'm the hunter, and you're the, and you're the gatherer. Yeah, our our normal pattern of shooting, uh, we plan it all out for the day. We pick which churches we're going to be going to for that day. We go in, and Dennis's approach is he sits and and looks at the church, and he studies it, and he thinks about it, and I'm put my gear up, and I'm gone. I'm moving around constantly. I'm not. I'm looking for the shot, if you would, or I'm waiting for a part of the church to present itself to me. So I'm moving around. I'm in all the dark corners. I'm up in the in the balcony areas. I'm all over the place uh, taking pictures. And Dennis very methodically goes about his shooting. And so we have, we do have a very different approach. And oftentimes at the end of the day, when we look at our photographs, Dennis will both say to each other, I didn't even see that because he'll have, he'll have photographed something I missed and uh, I will have done something that he missed. So it's a good compliment. It's a good complimentary uh, style. 
Yeah, I'm more of an architectural photographer. I'm I'm interested in capturing what the church is. And, you know, architecturally, that's one of my main interests. So sometimes I see the shot I want, but I have to wait for the light. And as PJ says, I'll haul up a chair and sit there and wait for the light <laughs> to be right, you know, for the shadows to appear in exactly the right place. But PJ's off and running and leaning against walls and climbing. And she's every, she comes out filthy from every church. <laughs> but that's just the way she is. She's an artist. She has the artist's eye and the artist's temperament. I'm wondering what kind of feedback you get from other folks when they take in this magnificent work that you're doing. It's been pretty astonishing, frankly. We've had everything from people, you know, contacting us. We meet um, people who read our work. We've met them in Europe for uh, meals, for visits. They become our friends. We've also had uh, a wonderful Episcopalian minister in Minnesota do a sermon based on one of my posts on the Church of Vézelay, the Basilique Saint-Madeleine of Vézelay. And uh, it was one of the most moving things I've ever seen because I didn't recognize the words of my, as my own. I heard him giving this sermon, and I was moved by it as if I'd never heard it before. That, can you tell folks a little bit about some of the ways that they can see the work that you've done? The, probably the best way to do it is not our website. Our website is www.vialuchispress.com. Vialuchis is Latin for the way of light. So um, the the website is, you know, kind of a, a general introduction, but the real in-depth stuff is in our blog. That is, that has uh, almost 700 articles that we've published. Of those, probably 60 are by other scholars, architects, and people and, and, and uh, academics of, of all kinds who are interested in both our work and in the work that we're doing in the churches. On that site, we have translations in French and Italian of some of the articles. And we it's a, a whole source of information. It sounds like you've created a worldwide network, too. It really is a worldwide network. We're, we're shocked by it. You know, when we look at the analytics, it's, you know, sometimes it's 70 countries in a day. And uh, some of them are the most surprising places you can find, like Somalia. And now you started a little podcast, too, I believe. We just published our first podcast on the uh, sack of Béziers in the uh, early 13th century. A horrible, horrifying story, but uh, one with uh, just powerful repercussions through time. It's, it's great that you're pursuing all of these social media outlets and getting the word out about the work that you do. It's so unique. And I'm wondering what is next for you guys and where you're going to go from here. Um, in the fall, uh, we are going to England. We've never photographed in England, so we're going to go to England and try to capture some of those magnificent Norman churches. And then we'll go back into France for a few weeks and continue to photograph some of the French churches that we've missed. And um, so that's uh, this year's plan. Next year, who knows uh, where we'll be heading. Probably Corsica and Sardinia. We wanted to go to Corsica and Sardinia. We've we've done a little bit, and, and people always ask about Italy. Uh, we went to Italy, but it's very difficult to photograph in Italy. Their bureaucracy around the churches is, is pretty steep, pretty thick, and um, it's hard to figure out how to get permission to photograph in the churches. It's always our equipment that is the issue because we have, you know, tripods and a lot of people think we're quote unquote professional photographers and they get really worried about that, that, you know, you're going to be making money 
off of your photographs of their church and that kind of thing. So it's a little bit difficult to work in in Italy, but we hope to get back to Italy soon. At one point, uh, you were talking about an exhibition here in Washington, and you were talking about a coffee table book. Are those things still in the works? Absolutely. The book, we are sort of sidetracked on that because we're doing a a book, a publication for a university press here in Ohio about what's called the Land of Cross-Tip Churches. It's a group of 27 Catholic, German Catholic churches uh, from the 19th century, all on the historic register in Western Ohio. So we decided because we're, we live in, in near Columbus now, we might as well have a local project and we got fascinated by the Cross-Tip Churches. So we're doing that book first. But we have the other one is, you know, been we've been working on for years. The exhibitions, though, are probably the thing that we are most active in in terms of outreach. Uh, we've had, I think, it's seven exhibitions in the last mm-hmm. 15 months. Mm-hmm. We have four more. We have two going simultaneously right now. Four more coming up this year, including Cross Your Fingers. Um, one in Chartres, France, about the restoration of the uh, great Notre Dame Cathedral in Chartres. Well, that all sounds very exciting, and it sounds like you guys really are moving full speed ahead. And I just want to say thank you for spending a little time with me, and I know a lot of people are really going to be interested in hearing about all the great work you're doing. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. It was really fun. Bye-bye. Bye, Monty. Dennis and PJ, thank you again for being with me. I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope everyone who listened also enjoyed it as well. Don't forget to check out Dennis and PJ's blog and their website. The link for both are provided in the show notes. If you like this show, if you like this episode, go ahead, give us a good review, maybe subscribe, tell your friends. That's all I ask. Tell your friends. In the meantime, hope you're all doing great, and I will be talking to you soon with another episode of So Important. So important.